Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Amen. Yes, indeed, there's a war for our souls. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this very beautiful day. The sun shining, Lord God, that you are the Lord God in control of all things. We declare and acknowledge you to be God, the one true God. And we thank you, Jesus, for giving us eyes to see today, ears to hear, and a heart to receive the revelation of your love and truth that each one who listens and those who are drawn to listen will receive from you what it is they need, the encouragement, um, the revelation, the strength, Lord God, the grace to go on and to prevail against their enemy, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus, for prevailing against our enemy when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. We also thank you, Lord God, for giving us power over all the power of the enemy, the power to live a holy life by the power of your Holy Spirit who dwells inside of us. We thank you, Jesus, for the divine protection and promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper. We thank you for the divine shields of God to be up and around all the remnants to protect us from every kind of incoming attack, assault, whether it's subtle and unseen or real and apparent, Lord God, that you protect us and our families and those who work for us and pray for us and the many that have come here for help. Those who listen to this show, God, encourage their hearts. You are the faithful witness and the wonderful counselor. Guide us now, Father. May we speak as the oracles of God and may you protect the airwaves. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hey, Amen. we got a very interesting title today, Potholes on the Highway of Holiness. Potholes on the Highway of Holiness. You know, in the spring of the year in Minnesota, you get lots of potholes. Yes, some of them are very And, and there's potholes. There, yeah, be, be bad. Sometimes cars disappear in them, right, almost? Obstacles and objections to holiness. Did you know there are a lot of objections to holiness and living in this snake pit of uh, life? It's pretty difficult to look and clean, pretty clean, stay clean, but... We're going to talk today about obstacles, objections uh, to living on the highway of holiness, being holy in an unholy time. That's kind of what I see it as. Uh, there's, a, there's a word, too. It sounds like a big theologic word called sanctification. Mm-hmm. You can almost use that you know, interchangeably with holiness. But there's a lot of misconceptions about this whole uh, idea of holiness, sanctification, a lot of people don't really, even in the church, do not even teach about this anymore. Well, you know, salvation and sanctification are also confused a lot of times, too. Salvation, just a little aside here, salvation is like your birthday, and sanctification is like daily living. you got to live out every day um, and, and develop and learn, and, and that's what the sanctification holiness process is. It's a, con- a constant process of making us holy uh, returning us to holiness, Psalm 60, 86 says, be holy, I am holy. The psalmist is saying, I'm holy. And, you know, that's kind of contrary to a lot of what we're taught, too. We're taught that we're bad, uh, uh, sinful, uh, and depri- depraved. And so this concept from God's word that we are holy, even though we're not perfect, and sometimes we sin, is an interesting concept that most people don't get a hold of very easily. Well, the whole idea is that, we you know, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Right. I mean, there, there is, we are saturated with believing lies and sinfulness. Truly. But at the same time, when we Saturated come, and surrounded. Saturated and surrounded. Yeah. But when we uh, come to know Jesus Christ as, as Lord and Savior, he takes uh, us, we who are unholy, and brings us into a place of holiness. And we're going to be talking more about that yeah, today. Yeah, I think... So, so you know, when salvation includes regeneration, mm-hmm. it's a word where we, we, we're born again, we mm-hmm. begin a new life, uh, we're justified, a justification, we're justified by faith, we have a right standing with God, and then adoption, we're adopted into his family, we become his children. So these are all things that God does for us, but then the whole process, and that's what we want to talk about today, that highway of holiness, mm-hmm. it's a highway it's a place where we get on when we come to know Jesus and we keep going and we discover more and more and we learn more and more in this process. So it, it's what God does in us through the process of our lives as we follow him. So 
So we're, ba- we're made holy, created an image of a holy God, made holy by a holy God. And then we're tested. Uh, our faith in him, our confidence faith is making a choice to follow Jesus and believe God uh, to complete his promises in us, eternal life, never die, seeing heaven, being with him, uh, no more tears. So really on that highway of holiness, we're walking in, motivated by, drawn towards God by the, the, the promise of life eternal. And so walking on the highway of holiness means you're walking a, a walk of faith. And of course, on the side of a highway, either side, there's a ditch. We can fall into either of those ditches. Um, possibly one of them might be legalism and law, and the other one might be licentiousness. Um, but love is the highway of holiness. So today, let's define uh, these words a little bit better. Um, holy, uh, something that the dictionary says holiness is holy and sanctification, kind of the same words again, uh, something coming from or belonging to a divine being, something that's holy, uh, someone devoted to the service of God, which we'd call maybe a saint, someone who's devoted to the service of God. Um, third, something that's morally and, uh, and pure, morally pure and spiritually perfect, uh, de- a devoted, uh, devout religious character, uh, consecrated to or set apart, dedicated to the purposes, uh, some religious purposes. That's kind of where we get the word holy objects, rituals, holy water, things like that. And so, um, you know, it's something that's holy, is, is holy, it's awe-inspiring, it's, it invokes reverence, evokes reverence, pretty unattainable. It's almost impossible. Sanctification is totally impossible living in the snake pit when this world is filled with mud. And yet, in First Peter, one of my favorite verses, chapter one, he says, "There, I'm read verse thirteen through fifteen. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind and be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ." There it is, everything all wrapped up in one little sentence. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as He who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. So holiness deals with our character and our conduct. It is, it's the working of God in us. And Philippians 1, uh, 6, Paul writes, uh, he says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So it's God working within us. And we, maybe we'll talk mm-hmm. a little bit later about self-efforts that people make to well, be holy in an outward sense. Mm-hmm. It's certainly we need to make decisions that are right and righteous in this process, but it's not just our will, but there's a kind of a combination of our will and his power. And he says, um, Philippians two twelve uh, and 13. So therefore my beloved as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So it's not working for your salvation it's working out your salvation with God, with allowing God to work in us to will, to give us the desire and the willingness and the ability to do according to his pleasure. So as we're walking on the highway of holiness, it's a, it's a walk of obedience and that obedience is the demonstration of our faith and the promise the promise that God has made to us that we're his, we're adopted, we belong to him. And also recognizing actually where we came from. In John fifteen sixteen, Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. He's talking about a holy God, the Son of God, calling and appointing us before the foundation of the world even to walk this walk. And it's a very high calling, and yet most people don't have a clue about anything that's going on beyond their normal everyday routine. They have no idea of the cosmic war, the spiritual battle war that's going on between God and Satan. They have no idea that we are caught in the crossfire of that war. They have no idea that we're walking deliberately. You, You must intentionally live your life with intention and deliberately choose to walk on the high of holiness. Um, you know, otherwise, you know, we're going to be misled and detoured and waylaid and ambushed and everything else. Well, 
Marjorie, is holiness just something for an elite group of people? You know, like in the Catholic Church organization, there's, you know, people are canonized, they're saints, they're recognized as, you know, usually after they're dead, uh, pretty much all the time after they're dead, recognizing them as some people that were very, had special grace and had special special powers powers, and were especially devoted to God. But really, when you look at the scripture, the Bible says we're all called to be saints. We're all called, Mm -hmm. every believer, Mm -hmm. according to the New Testament, is a saint, someone who is set apart to God. Exactly. Set apart, sanctified, made holy, and responding to that call of holiness in their life. Now, so, okay, so, but we have a problem here because um, even though God wants to establish us in that place of holiness and faith and obedience um, and, and confirm his love for us and create in us integrity, another word, of course, is purity, holiness, no hidden agenda, <clears throat> no guile, um, no shifty hidden motives, no flipping personalities. Now, I just got to capitalize on this for a second. You know, all of these integrity, a man of his word, a man or a woman of their word, a man or woman wherein is no guile, like Jesus said of, I think was uh, one of the apostles was the Bartholomew. And and so we're truly pure, trustworthy, honest, um, reliable, and not a flipping personality. So many people today, have you noticed this in your relationships, there are two people, or there are three people, or there are four people, or there are multiple people. You, you, you know, you've got this person who's like, there's a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They're, one minute they're sweet and giving and, and, and encouraging and endorsing, and the next minute they're freaking out and controlling. And, and this is not, there's only one person per person. So what you got going on here is a demons, liars, jumping in the driver's seat of that person's life to steer, steer the bus this way or that way, as it will. And the person is pretty much held hostage somewhere in the back of the bus, tied up and not really living their own life. So if you see flipping personalities, oh, he's just having a bad day. Oh, he just got out of the bed on the wrong side. This is not, this is not normal. We think this is normal. We see this as everybody doing this all the time. You know, she, just, she had a bad hair day, blah, 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 whatever. That's not normal. What's normal is intentional, deliberate, focused, following through on the highway of holiness, Walking the walk, not with arrogance and self-righteousness, but with um, the grace of God. But I got to give you some obstacles to being holy. Okay. You know, it, you want to say something before well, I yeah, get those, into my big, we're, long we're, list of We're talking things. about the potholes, right? Right, right. These and, are and, the potholes on the highway of holiness. That, well, you could say it this way, too. Following Jesus is like being a God groupie. We're on our way to, follow, <laughs> the, way to the concert and having the marriage of the Lamb, and we're following Jesus. But anyway, obstacles to being holy. Number one. Why would anyone want to give up their immediate individual freedoms to do life as they want to give their life and their freedoms to serve and follow someone else? Okay, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to serve somebody else? Number two, um, we're sanctified to be a servant and to lay down our life. Um, He who seeks to save his life will lose it. But why would we want to give up the immediate? Number three. It is too hard. It's too much. Too much. There's too much scoffing, persecution, peer pressure, um, fear of being judged as a religious nut, a Jesus freak, or crazy. So it's just plain too much, too hard. Fourth, it's too hard to be that good all the time. Holiness is looking like going on a lifetime diet of stopping eating or something to participate, participate in, in never doing sin. Um, it requires too much willpower. It's too hard to be that good. Five, the rewards are not immediate. Um, they're not instant gratification. Um, there's, a, there's very little positive reinforcement. It looks like the people who are doing their own thing are getting, having more fun and getting way more rewarded um, by the God of this world, of course. Six, being holy is being boring. It's boring. There's lots of waiting. Um, unexpecting, uh, not expecting uh, reinforcements uh, don't look like any, it's much fun. It's for old people. It's too boring. Um, seven, uh, you lose control of your own life. Um, you look, you know, you're submitting to the Holy spirit, God's will, the word of God, and you lose, you know, you don't have that final say so control direction in decisions and choices. Eight, it involves dying to yourself, loving others, 
personal sacrifice, forgiving others, not speaking judgmentally or critically about others. Number nine, being holy is not very popular these days. You know, who's doing it? All the people who are doing it are being crushed and stepped on and, and um, rejected. Um, who has the final say? You know, in all of this, but this is our, our, you had, did you have another one? You came up with an, too many ahas and ums. What does that mean, honey? Oh, ah. Oh, uh, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. He says I'm making too many ums in here. What yeah, could be? That's right. Yeah, that was not for the air, but okay, anyway, well, that was for you personally. Well, but, maybe we should all learn to do less umming and ahaing. That's that's right. All yeah, right that's good. maybe why it's a pothole. So That's a pothole. So yeah. so the thing is too another thing too is that uh with uh, walking on the highway of holiness there's lots of correction. Mhm. You know, the, the word of God is for uh, instruction and what instruction correction and correction and, righteousness, and, and, right? Instruction and righteousness. So so well, there's there's a lot of uh, so with all of these objections, you know, people Lord. don't want to. Uh, it's too hard. It's too boring. It's it's it's. I lose my life. I lose control. I have to you know um, be good all the time, or I can't be that good. So it, being holy just does not seem very popular or pleasing to most people. But we have got you know there's there's got to be some reasons why people would want well, to even take the well, you know, I think, make the sacrifice. I think, I think some of the people that you know, holiness often is, is equated with some unattainable deal. You know, when I was a you know young man, you know, just like a teenager, a kid, my idea of holiness and serving God is I had to keep the Ten Commandments just perfectly. Otherwise, forget it. That was the idea I had in my head. So a lot of people think, you know, why even try? Because um, it's, it's just something, it's so impossible to achieve, and it's impossible to achieve, you know, on our own, uh, for sure. And then you have the idea where um, you had the elitist idea, like in the, in the New Testament, in the Gospels, we read about the Pharisees and the scribes. They were considered the Sadducees. The Pharisees were considered the the holy ones. They were known as the separated ones. Hmm. They were the ones that were that that were so taken up with the minute, the little details of the law and adding all kinds of little rules and keeping all these rules. But the more they kept the rules, the more they, they missed the point of law, of, of love and justice and truth and compassion and, and, and true generosity and all that. Jesus said, you've, you've, you've done all this, but you've totally missed the point. Right, and the thing is that Jesus, you know, stood firm on the the kingdom principles, the principles of the kingdom of God, that it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, and it's not, you know, food and drink and you know legal uh, restrictions and limitations on uh, the holidays, the holy days, what you eat, how you stand, where you sit, when you walk, and and it, I think for a lot of us we have a combination, a mixture of what we see as holy and not holy in the um in you know in our own mixed up ways of looking at the word of god he said be holy for i am holy and the only way we can do that is through the holy spirit who dwells in us um and that's how we are you know surrendering uh our life our control our our destiny our ideas um to the true the true life of god i think uh, uh it's interesting um that the word most people are living their life in a virtual reality. It's like the holograms of life. Uh, it, it's Satan is using a set of, sm- of mirrors, smoke and mirrors and laser lights to remove the true object to dis- uh, deceive, cover up, conceal the true objectives of life with a, a fake life, uh, a lookalike life, a counterfeit life. Uh, non-real life, a virtual reality, a hologram is not the real thing, but it reflects off of the real thing through a series of mirrors and lights <clears throat> to create what looks like, sort of looks like, the real thing. But the, the life that God has given us to live is the real thing. And the only way we can understand it truly is in the word of God and through the word of God. And so when people value they they make judgment based on judgments based on what it looks like, what it feels like, 
um, you're taking your influences from the snake pit and the snake pit is full of uh, doings, have to do something to be something, you have to do, you have to accomplish, you have to succeed, you have to take charge, you have to take responsibility, um, all those things in order to be uh, good, to be successful, to be liked, to be whatever. And, and that, so Satan has made the world's philosophy, you've got to do something to be something so you can have something. Well, but God's philosophy is it's out of being and abiding, being holy. You know, if you're, if you're grafted into a holy stem that's supported by a holy root, or if we're, you know, and that's what we are abiding in Christ Jesus, then the fruit will automatically be holy. And it's not that much work. It's just a matter of hanging in there and staying connected. Well, a big part of this is understanding our identity, you know, as believers. We're, we're, you know, we're children of God. We're born again. We're called to holiness. We're, 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 we're loved. We're, we're set apart from before the foundation of the world and so forth. You know, so understanding our identity, we are a new creation. We're born again by the spirit of God. All these things, understanding our identity, really our true identity, not the identity that we've been, that's been tagged onto us from our childhood, our growing up years, or from our, our position in the workplace or our position in the church. That's not our identity, true identity in, in Jesus Christ. And, and then one, once we do, it's just like a, uh, someone say, say as of a royal family, okay? A royal family, say, in England, just as an example. They understand that they're of a royal family. And the Bible says that we are a kingdom of priests. We're kings and priests unto our God, so we're royalty. So, but they understand that there's a certain code of conduct and certain expectations that they are called to fulfill because of who they are. And so it's the same thing with us. Because we are believers, and we, we come to the place where uh, there are decisions to make. Uh, here's what Paul, Paul is calling for a decision here. Uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, change your thinking that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So there's a presentation of our bodies holy, devoted to the Lord. And that's our reasonable service. One translation said that's our spiritual worship. The world is trying to conform us. It's just like um, mm-hmm. if you have yep. a, a, a jello mold, right. uh, you know, the, it, the, the jello you put in there is takes conformed, the takes the on the shape of the mold. And so this is where we are before we come to Christ. The world is conforming, has conformed us into a certain figure a certain distortion a certain right. uh, alien programmed us, programmed us that way and so it's mad what he's saying here if he was probably writing this today he was said you know uh, you know allow yourself to be deprogrammed let mm-hmm. god deprogram you and reprogram you and then he says in romans uh, six thirteen, he said do not present your members that means the parts to your body as instruments of unrighteousness or the word there can be weapons of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and members as instruments of righteousness to God. And Romans so, 12 so, says, be transformed by the, by the renewing of your mind. So the mind and the heart need to be reprogrammed and deprogrammed as you're saying. Um, and that's, that's, that's the process of holiness. That is the process. It's a, it's a constant. And the thing is we are programmed uh, by this world system, by right. the lies, Absolutely. by the enemy, by the snake to, the, to the core of our being. Absolutely. And in so, our soul. So, mm-hmm. so we need to be transformed from the inside out. Right. And it's not from the outside in. It's not if I do something, if I do all this, I do all this, I do all this, I will be a Christian. No, you are a Christian because you are a believer. Uh, the, the new life of Jesus, and we have to re- recognize this. Marjorie, it's mm-hmm. that the Spirit of God living in us, the Spirit of Christ living in the us, Holy Spirit. The, allowing that Spirit to have that influence over every aspect of our thinking, our behavior, all of that. It's it's not, you know, it goes back to 
the book of uh, Zephaniah, that is not by might, not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord, that these things are accomplished. Yeah, in Philippians, he's talking about um, be con- being confident of this very thing, uh, Philippians 1, 6, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So this is God's responsibility. That's why he sent his Holy Spirit to live in us, to work our outer salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you. The Holy Spirit is in us to lead us on the highway of holiness, to protect us, to correct us, to give us divine wisdom and revelation, to give us warnings when things are not, you know, clear ahead or where there's an ambushment or where there needs to be caution. He's with us to complete the work. We are his workmanship. So the, really the stress is off. The, the responsibility is God's. Jesus didn't say take responsibility. He said, follow me. And there's a difference. You know, if I follow him, then he's taking responsibility for where he's leading me. And my only thing is to use my freedom of, of choice, my free will, to continually follow him and continually walk out my faith through obedience and believing the promise of what God said, that he would never leave us or forsake us. He's created a home for us forever in heaven and that he is with us. So um, th- th- this is how we're transformed. Really, sanctification only is, is, a, is uh, beginning to become. It's just we're, the more choices you make for holiness, for the word of God, for truth, the more you become what you choose. And so as you walk in that, as you, you know, if you practice addictions, you become addicted. If you practice holiness, you become holy. So we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We're the dwelling place of God. Right. We're, we're God's sanctuary. Mm-hmm. That's that's us. There's an illustration of this. Uh, I think this is something in the natural. It's in the spiritual as well. But if you can apply it to this is applied uh, to the temple of God, the physical temple of the Old Testament and can apply now also to us as the the temple, our bodies being the temple of God here under the new covenant. Here's what uh, Hezekiah said this um, to the Levites, the priests, in Second Chronicles 29.5. He says, now sanctify yourselves. Okay? Sanctify the house of the Lord God of your fathers and carry out the rubbish from the holy place. That's part of what God is doing in our lives. And in, in, in verse 15 verse 18 it says and they gathered their brethren sanctified themselves and went according to the commandment of the king at the words of the Lord to cleanse the house of the Lord then the priests went into the inner part of the house of the Lord to cleanse it and brought out all the debris that they found in the temple of the Lord to the court of the house of the Lord and the Levites took it out and carried it to the brook Kidron, which is basically to the dump. Now they began to, now they began to sanctify on the first day of the uh, of the first month, and on the eighth day of the month they came to the vestibule of the Lord. And so they sanctified the house of the Lord in eight days, and on the sixteenth day of the first month they finished. Then they went to the king in, into King Hezekiah and said, "We have cleansed all the house of the Lord, the altar of the burnt offerings." with all its articles, and the table of the showbread with all its articles. Moreover, all the articles which the king Ahaz and his reign had cast aside in his transgression, we have prepared and sanctified, and there they are before the altar of the Lord. Hey, and it's, this holiness brings power. It also brings um, protection. When Joshua was going to cross the, Jor- the Jor- uh, Jordan to take Jericho, God said, sanctify yourselves. Okay, get your act together, clean your houses, be holy, uh, because we're going to go across and take this giant city of Jericho. By the way, Jericho was the foundations were laid by giants. Um, and so the, the holiness was necessary because they were going to go to, into a very infested land. And, then, and when Jesus went to the cross, he said something very remarkable. He said, I'm going to to the cross and Satan has nothing in me or nothing on me. And God didn't want to have Satan give, have anything on these people, Joshua's people that Satan would come up to God and say, no, no, no. Um, I, I, uh, reject, I, um, object to this, uh, this moving forward across into the Jordan and to take Jericho because they're not holy. 
Notice the one time they did take the unholy object, the accursed object uh, at Ai, they experienced great defeat because Satan had something he could bring against them and they lost their men and they lost the city and they got shocked and they got, you know, it was terrible. So in that particular example, holiness brought and brings for you and I divine protection. It takes away any opportunity for the enemy to lay a claim to your life or to bring it before God and say, look, God, I have a right to bring this calamity, this demonic judgment, because she's, you know, not listening to you. She's sinning. And so holiness is for, uh, you know, it's not only good and, and healthy, but it's also a protection and it keeps us um, safe from the enemy's accusations and assaults. However, as it, going back to the, the word again, we know that we must um, stay or choose to stay in that place of God's grace and provision because it is God who works in us. It is, you know, it's, we're not, uh, it's, this is not about religiously self-effort, self-discipline, self-control, you know, all of that uh, kind of penance type of thing. This is about resting, being, and abiding in Jesus. And really, you know, as the Old Testament temple that we read about here was full of rubbish, it was, there was neglect, there were idolatrous things that were in there. And so they, they, they sanctified themselves, the priests did, the Levites, to clean out the rubbish. Now, we've got a lot of rubbish in us, mm-hmm. okay, but the and, Holy Spirit's a good, he's got a good broom. He sleeps he, well. He knows how to do it, right? Yeah. So it's basically we're, we're made clean through the Word and the Holy Spirit primarily. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit is like your housekeeper in a way. I mean, you know, if you don't like to clean and don't like to dust and don't like to think about what to do, say, Holy Spirit, sweep out the lies. God, show me what is the, the lie. What is the fear? What is the lie that fear is telling me? You show me. Ask God for stuff. Please start asking because if you don't ask, you know, well, it's pretty hard to receive if you don't ask. He said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open. You say, well, I've been asking for a long time. Well, God's been hearing for a long time. And so he's got it. He hears. But I would say, let the Holy Spirit do a whole lot more of that work of making you holy and sanctifying you. Right. And in Second Corinthians six sixteen through seven, verse one. And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you. And you shall be sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And then verse 1 of chapter 7. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. Marjorie, can you tell us about what does it mean, you know, cleansing ourselves? How, do, how does that work? How do we Well, by obeying, ourselves? by following, okay. by reading the word of God, washed, being washed through the water of the word. Um, and just let, really, it's not that you're passive in this process at all. You're very active in, in agreeing with the Lord and the truth of God's word. Um, I think in these last days, people are going to have to take a lot more uh, active participation in their life and not so aggressive, uh, but in agreement with God, laying down their lives and receiving the real call, you know, agreeing with the call to holiness, the call to sanctification, because in the last days we'll have to stand and having done all we'll have to stand. Um, and that's going to require no double mindedness, no uh, half hardness, no passive aggressive kind of agreement with God It's going to require that we have truly chosen to lay down our life. Um, now, I would like to just kind of run through with you have a few more minutes run through. We talked about the objections to holiness you know it's too hard it's too boring it's uh it's you know i can't be that good and all that stuff um i got to give up control um of my life and the rewards are very not immediate no immediate gratification um it involves you know really doing things that are seeming to be very uh detrimental to my life by forgiving others and you know putting others first and carrying their burdens and loving them and forgiving them blah 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 but anyway, so let's go back and, ex- and answer the objections. Um, first of all, number one, objection. I, uh, why would anyone want to give up their immediate individual freedoms 
to live a life as they want, to give their life and freedoms to serve or follow someone else? The answer, <laughs> the life you have been given to live freely as you please is part of an, is an illusion. There's a catch to life. Uh, we are, you know, we have been given life. We didn't earn it, deserve it. We didn't go and sign up for it. We have been given this life by God. Um, and ultimately, we are going to serve somebody, either Jesus Christ or the devil. Those are the two options. Those are the two kingdoms. Um, Jesus Christ has paid the price. We're either owned by uh, and bought and paid for by Jesus Christ or stolen away from him by the devil. Um, so uh, bottom line is we're not our own. We're bought with a price. And there is a price for freedom. We know even in the natural world, there's a price for freedom. It's just vigilance and, and wisdom. And so um, in God, you know, we are t- free to choose um, whose report we're going to believe, whether it's the truth that comes from God or the lie that looks like the truth that comes from the devil. Um, and then again, we talked a little bit about the hologram. So in life, are you living a real life, one that has real substance and meaning according to the word of God? which really takes into account your worth, your value, your origin, your destination? Or are you living a chunked up life in the middle of, of whatever this, this time quarter that you're, in, you're just going to try to eat, drink, and be merry, have fun, and because tomorrow you die? So that's objection uh, number one. So Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew sixteen twenty four, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So basically we have the idea and you hear this all the time in our, in our world system is that take control, mm-hmm. take control of your health, take control of your finances, take control of your education. So, and what the, in the, the, uh, yeah, right. Paradox, that's a paradox right, right. of the kingdom of God yeah. is that you give up control yep. to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's where you find your freedom. Yes, and, and you become uh, you find your freedom in becoming a servant of Jesus right. Christ. So you so the objection to holiness would be like losing your control, losing control of your life, uh, you know, giving the Holy Spirit control, uh, letting Him decide, make your directions, your destiny, whatnot, and everything. But the answer to giving up control is um, trying to take control of your life is impossible anyway, and exhausting because we are constantly bumping into other people who are trying to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So controlling people are trying to control people, which leads to fights, obsessions, anger, fatigue, frustration, witchcraft, failure. Um, you know, the only uh, possible alternative lifestyle to trying to resist God in this is to become, if you don't want to be a servant of God, maybe you can just be a hermit and live in a cave and have very few earthly objects and no friends. So that's the only way you can really live this life and stay in control if you want to. So that's, that's, um, that's a, a, you know, these objections to living the way God called us to live, uh, really, when you look at them more clearly, they really carry no weight. Uh, let's see. How about um, it's hard to be that good all the time. Um, it's hard. It's, there's too much scoffing, persecution, peer pressure. Um, you know, we don't want to be called a Jesus freak. Well, the thing is, you know, life is going to be hard whichever way you play it, you know. Um, rest actually, if you're going to live your life independently and on your own, it's way harder than to rely on God, his provision, his miracles, his mercy, his faithfulness, his grace, his help in time of trouble, his love, his divine protection, um, and relying on the heavenly father who guards over us and watches over us jealously to see that we succeed. Um, it has its definite benefits to being a son or daughter of the most high God, um, you know, uh, and by the way, in the end, um, ignorance that other people live their life, the ignorance is not bliss. They live their life under that, that lie that <clears throat> others, uh, it's, um, they're going to have to give an account of themselves and of their life in the end. So in the end, we don't control the end. We don't control the beginning. So I would be weary of how you play in the middle. That's what I would say. So. Second, fourth, uh, the fourth objection, it's too hard to be that good all the time. Um, being good is not a requirement for heaven. The blood of the lamb is. Being good comes uh, naturally as good fruit that comes out of a good vine that's anchored to a good, uh, in good soil and a good root. 
Being good also feels good. I think we should make that into a bumper sticker. Being good feels good or doing good feels good. Um, it's not, it's not what we do to get to heaven, but it is what we do to be like Jesus because Jesus did a lot of good things and he was very in touch with the pain, the, the, the needs, the issues of the people. Um, and also being good or, you know, it makes us feel good and it wards off feelings of feeling bad, guilty, and condemned. But when, you, when you're doing the right thing, there's a peace there. Right. There's a peace there, even though if it's not recognized by other people, not appreciated by other people, mm-hmm. but there's a peace in knowing that you've done the right thing. And it, it, there's not a sense of pride in that at all. It's You recognize that the reason that that's happened is because the goodness of the goodness and the grace of God yeah, the working other, uh, in your life. Exactly. Because the fruit yep. is the fruit of the spirit. It's fruit. Yes. It's, it's the fruit worse. of the spirit. It's not the fruit of me, but it's the character of Christ being implanted and moving in me and through me. Right. Another objection is that the rewards are not very eminent or immediate. Um, not much immediate gratification, little positive reinforcements. As a matter of fact, if you follow Jesus, you're going to have a lot of negative reinforcement. People are going to be jealous of you. Provoking them to love and good works is going to cause them to be provoked at you. Kill the messenger because you hate the message kind of thing. If your witness and your testimony is good and godly um, and holy, they're not going to be happy. They're going to feel condemned and jealous, and so therefore they're going to have to blame you, find fault with you, or knock you down. Also, a lot of times the, this world rewards its own. Then um, God says, don't be shocked. You know, if, if the, the devil's going to reward or bribe or keep his people happy with these little temporary trinkets of you know achievement and certificates and promotions and whatnot, because he, he Satan knows that that will keep them quiet. Whereas we're um, racing for a bigger prize. You know, we're racing for eternal life, uh, the, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So our eternal war, rewards are, um, well, I think peace is a good reward, joy, contentment, godliness with contentment's great gain, uh, gratitude, love, being fearless, not being afraid, not being anxious. That's a, that's a reward right there. And these are the rewards that we have now while walking on the side of holiness, being filled with faith and love, not fear. Uh, knowing your direction, having a destiny, a direction, a purpose in your life, hope, um, assurance of a good end and a final outcome. These are the rewards that last long after the hangover has hit you and the headache has come and the few minutes of pleasure that lust has provoked you to take that is placed with heartache and a, a lifetime of regret. So, you know, it's just, you know, when do you, I can handle walking in a lot of of this world's garbage. If I gotta, if I know that God is with me and I know that it all has a purpose in the end, it's not for not. Um, so that's another, so that's another reason why our rewards are, they're ever with us, but they're not as apparent and not as immediate and not as, um, sought after as other people's. Um, now how about seven losing control of your own life, giving the Holy spirit control of your life, direction, decisions, and choices you know, again, losing control, yeah, and I said trying to control your life is impossible. We have to, um, he who seeks to save his life, you said earlier, he's going to lose his life. Um, uh, and then uh, involves dying. Sanctification, holiness inv- involves dying to yourself, giving up uh, your pursuits of your life, loving others, personal sacrifice. Who'd want to do that? Speaking, not speaking harsh, harshly of others. Well, being born again implies that you have already died once. You've already died. So let the old man be dead and rise and live for the glory of God, you know, loving others, living in peace, showing kindness, being loved. Um, loving is a great and matchless treasure. You know, it's a, it, 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 we can understand, have relationships, know love, even anticipating the love of God, the eternal glory of God with us, us with God forever. It's just, you know, the rewards are forever with us. Well, what we have to recognize that, you know, and I think it's Colossians chapter three says that we, if we're uh, risen with Christ, we're to seek those things which are above where Christ dwells at the right hand of God. Set your affections yes. on things above, not on things on the earth uh, for your debt. You are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, 
this is it. Living, we're so time conscious. And I think the older you get to realize how time just rips by, just just, just gone. And, And you have to live beyond time because there's there's really... We are in eternity already. We are in we are in eternity, and this time that we're here is is a proving ground, a test ground, a time for us to learn and grow, and to prepare for mm-hmm. uh, our time in eternity with the Lord. Um, so, we're, ta- we're, you know what I'm thinking? Time in eternity. There's no such thing as time in eternity, because eternity is timeless. Eternity and is timeless, and we're we're placed in this lockdown. We're kind of locked segment. down, locked down in this time temporarily, mm-hmm. for our perfection and for God's purposes, God's eternal purposes to be worked out. Yeah. Through well, this this uh, journey, this highway, this road right. that we call time. Well, and you know, a lot of people get very frustrated and discouraged and downhearted, and they ca- they're cast down on the highway of holiness. They sit down, they give up, they want to die. They can't figure out how to get out of their problems. They've made every move they can make against a wall around on every turn. And that's truly where a lot of people get in the natural. You can't make any more moves. You got no more money. You got no more resources. You got no more friends. You got no more place to live. You got, you're just kind of shrunk down to homelessness and, and, you know, brokenhearted. But the thing is you always have a move in the spirit. You, there's always a final move you can make in the spiritual world of calling out to God, surrendering to God, giving it to God so we can move up. We can move in the spirit. And so, again, locked in time, locked in the, in the, the, the limits and restrictions of this world with its rules, its gravity, its, you know, uh, scientific you know, observations. It's, you know, we're finite beings in this world, but we're also infinite in, in that or eternal in, in a, so we're, we're constricted. We're restricted in this life down here for now, but th- don't be deceived into believing this is it. And this is all there is. And if this is all there is, then there's no way you can have it all enough to make up for what you're going to not get later. I mean, you can't live enough, eat enough, have enough, own enough, uh, whatever, spend enough to give all that in trade for eternity separated from God. Apostle Paul said if we have a hope only on this in this life, yes, we, we are. are of all men most miserable. In other words, he he lived in the joy of the Lord. He he experienced the power of Jesus. You know, there's no question about that. Mm-hmm. But he was persecuted, he was beaten, he was yeah. went through shipwrecks, all this stuff. He went through all Battle. these difficult Battle. battles mm-hmm. in in life. And so so we have the he didn't take mid- it personally. He didn't get mad and offended. Right. In the midst of all this, there's the, like you're saying, Marjorie, there's the grace, there's the strength, there's the peace of there's God. There's the vision and revelation. Even if we're just despised and rejected of men, that's how Jesus was. He was the most holy person mm-hmm. ever, and he still is. On earth, he, uh, Isaiah said he was despised and rejected of men. A man because of, he, he said, I, don't, I do always those things that please the Father. Right. And so even so, he he pleased the Father, but men were displeased with him for the most part. There were some that embraced him, and it's the same way in our world today. Some are embracing Jesus, some are rejecting him, some don't even know Jesus to make a decision one way or another at this point. And that's the commission that God has given to us right now yeah. to go into all the world, disciples of all the nations. Well, and being holy these days is not very popular. You know, obviously the whole world, the flow of the of the globe, of the earth, the masses of people are is ignorance and uh, they're baited with, you know, illusions, permissiveness, tolerance, promises of, you know, you know, bread and circuses. Right. Accepting things that God has condemned. Uh, well, you know, it's living just in, not popular. Live, living in it's in all popular. The, the whole world is do your own thing. Like you said, you know, live it, have it your way. Uh, take what you can get, um, you know, be your own boss, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's never easy, you know, to stay clean living in a mud puddle. Um, and the snake pit of life is full of all of those horrible things that are, you know, unholy. Um, and so it's very difficult to live holy in a place that is unholy and clean in a snake pit if it requires that we be perfectly clean on the outside, but we can be perfectly clean on the inside. The insides of when you throw a baby into a snake 
pit or a baby wanders into a mud puddle. Um, you can tell the difference between the baby and the baby's clothes. And you can tell the difference between the baby and, you know, the, the mud. So the thing is, if we are being thrown into the snake pit of life, God knows that. He, he knows who runs this world. He's not ignorant of that. So he's made all kinds of provisions and, you know, died for us and his word washes us. He's giving us the garments of righteousness um, and he's telling us to keep our eyes on him. So a lot of the people who live in the snake pit get really holy people of God, get really beaten up. Their, to- their clothes get tattered and shredded. They get mauled. They get beaten. They get, but in the inside, on the inside, they're holy. They're filled with joy and peace with no hatred or contempt in their heart. So your heart, in your heart, then you're walking in the goodness, the counsel of God, even though your outward man is perishing, your inward man is being renewed day by day. Well, Jesus, when he had this great prayer for his disciples in John 17, he says in verses um, 14 through 19, and this is, this is so wonderful, so powerful. I have given them your word, and, they, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, right? but that you should keep them from the evil one. So, so we're yeah. in this world, mm-hmm. in this dirty, nasty world, but we're not of this world. He says in verse 16, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. This mm-hmm. world is, when he's talking about world, he's talking about this world system mm-hmm. that, that's under the prince of the power of the air, the satanic, rebellious world, world yeah. system and all its religious, moral, immoral, economic, Filth. educational, Filth. Uh, military aspects, all mm-hmm. these things. He says, I am not of this. But then he says, sanctify them by your what? Word. Truth. Yeah. Your word is truth. Mm-hmm. Set them apart. Make them holy in the midst of this nasty, dirty world. Yep. By your truth, your word is truth. And then he says, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Mm-hmm. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. There's a lesson there for us that as we sanctify ourselves, we're doing it for the case of, for the, for the sake of others. Yeah. We're in the not middle. Not just for yeah, ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Well, and God sent us into this world, like warriors, like the soldiers on the front lines, they get filthy, they get dirty, they, they get sweaty, they get shot, they get bloody, they get messed up, and yet, uh, because they're in the war, but that doesn't make them bad soldiers. That makes them very good soldiers, more than likely, because they're standing their ground and they're, they're risking their lives. And so God does not call the final uh, decision of uh, whether we get into heaven or not on how we look on the outside you know, on our circumstances or how much money we've made. He looks at the heart. He, he is, who has the final say in our eternal destiny and final resting place? What's the same one who had the final say? Uh, the first say, the first day, the final say, Alpha Omega, the one who said, be born, come forth. Uh, we are conceived and made in the image of God. That's the same one who's going to say in that day, in that final day, he's going to have the final word. And what is he going to say? Is he going to say to you and I, Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, you know, or is he going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You survived the snake pit. You did well. Um, uh, Henceforth, there's later for you a crown of righteousness. Um, There's this is, you know, how we live. Uh, Who is going? It's really determined by who we believe is going to have the final say in it all Um, to find the end of all things. You got to go back to the beginning. And if you go back to the beginning, you'll have the end. So the beginning, in the beginning, God created us in his image. He did that. Nobody else did that. You didn't evolve. You weren't an accident. You were, you know, he says, not by my, um, uh, the will of man, but by the will of God, we're brought forth. And so God is very interested in your life. He's very interested in, in the highway of holiness. And this is not, uh, you know, oh, let's see how they do. And if they stay on the highway, then we'll, we'll, um, you know, give them salvation because they did a good job. That's not what it's about. Walking on the highway of holiness comes after you have accepted Jesus Christ. You, then you're put on that highway and then you walk out your salvation in, his, in cooperation with the Holy Spirit uh, and the word of God uh, with that joy in your heart, with, you know, both fear and trembling and joy, because you know that 
it's not it's not all roads lead to Rome. It's not all roads lead to heaven. There is one highway, and that is the highway of righteousness and holiness, which comes through a, a continual agreement with obedience to demonstrate your faith in the promise. The promise of God is eternal life. So you're walking, demonstrating through obedience and faith and obedience. You're demonstrating your confidence in the one who's called you into holiness, the one who's called you to walk and live and abide with him forever in heaven. Yeah, we, we, we're not saved because we've made ourselves holy. Correct. So yeah. if I, you know, a That's lot of backwards. religions of the world, if I yeah. do this and I do this and yeah, I do holy this, I will old, have yeah. salvation mm-hmm. in some form or another, whether it's, you know, reincarnation or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we, but we are, we are holy. We are sanctified because we are saved. It's the outworking. It's the practical mm-hmm. outworking, basically developing in our lives through the Holy Spirit, through the word of God. It's the character of Jesus and the conduct that Jesus would have us uh, live in right. during uh, this, um, this journey, work, temporary, temporary, very temporary journey, short-lived journey here on earth. So, in, uh, so I got well, Let's. I I want to just read one more time. My favorite scripture on this is in First Peter. Therefore, therefore, people, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober. Don't be frivolous. Don't be foolish. Don't believe lies. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Cry out for the revelation of Jesus Christ. Ask for the revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ is your one and only solution to every single problem you have. It's a simply one size fits all. The revelation of Jesus Christ. What would you have me do, Lord? What are you doing right now, Lord? What do you, what's the truth you want me to know here? How do you want me to respond to this? Whatever the situation, the revelation of Jesus Christ and his truth will set you free. That's what the Bible says. And as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts or the God of this world, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, be like him. You also be holy in all your conduct. Be like God. Uh, be holy like him because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Then we can walk like him. He, we have his genes. He's made us in his image. It's, it feels better to, to, to walk in righteousness, holiness, and truth than it does in guilt. We're not built even to sin because that makes us feel guilty. And we're not built to get our own justice because then we get angry. We're to, we're to turn the injustices over to God and ask God to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, the conclusion of this of uh, is Matter. is is wonderful. Yeah. As we as we walk in this life, because you know, living a life in, in holiness before the Lord is not boring. Mission. It's not boring. It's exciting. It's fulfilling. It's the normal Christian life, life. Mm-hmm. and it's in ourselves and our own strength. It is impossible. You know, trying to add religion to our uh, immoral. Uh, Mess. Sinful lifestyle to that's not going to work, but because of the grace of God, because of the new birth, becoming new creations, because because of you know His adopting us as His His children, uh, the ability of the Word of God to inform us, instruct us, the power of the Holy Spirit to uh, set us apart. Uh, this is what's very absolutely compelling, wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, and I just. It says in First Thessalonians five twenty three, now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, mm-hmm. and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who will also do, do it. it. And it, and He it, it says also in First Thessalonians three twelve and thirteen, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. So the complete final sanctification is taking place when the Lord comes. Lord, we look forward to your appearing. In the meantime, Help us, Lord, in this present evil world yes, Jesus. to may not be tainted or defiled 
Or discouraged. Yes, or discouraged. And Lord, the the rubbish that's in our lives, like there was rubbish in that Old Testament tabernacle that had to be removed. Lord, you're faithful to just remove that. Help us to make wise decisions. Help us to choose to obey. And Lord, we will see the fruit of our obedience. And you'll be pleased, Mm -hmm. you'll be blessed. And we'll be a blessing to those around us. Help us now by your grace by your spirit, by your word, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A couple of things. We're liferecovery.com and truelightchurchmn.org. You can get more information and more help in terms of CDs, books, manuals, uh, blogs, things to encourage you upon the way. Tell other people about Rescue Radio, and God bless you. Have a good day. Thank you for listening. I have an emergency. What is your location? Rescue Radio, because there's a war for your soul.